You're listening to Rebel 5, an interactive interview podcast with alumni, past and current parents, and friends of Roncalli High School. I'm your host, Gary Armbruster, Director of Alumni and Corporate Relations at Roncalli. And each week, I will ask our guests five questions regarding how their lives have evolved and how key connections of experience, opportunity, and alumni networking have propelled them to where they are today. We'll talk challenges, how to overcome challenges, and what they've learned along the way. Stay tuned. I'd like to introduce today's podcast guest. He teaches introductory to college prep, honors physics, and AP physics. He has been at Ron Colley for 13 years. He attended IUPUI, Marion University, Indiana Wesleyan University, has a bachelor's degree in physics, a master's in education. He's married to Gina, and the couple have two children, Vance and Carter. Of course, who I'm talking about is Ben Grimes. Ben, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you. So we're just going to jump into this. We all start somewhere. Where did you start your first job? First job I had that was physics-related was at IUPUI. They had a mentoring program there, and it was trying to help students who were failing or dropping the Physics 201 course. It was the algebra-based course for all of your uh, medical school students who wanted to get in. They would put it off until their senior year, so there was a lot of pressure on them, but there was a high drop and fail rate. So I started with that. Worked there for three or four years, moved up to being one of the coordinators for the other mentors, and one morning I woke up, and I just couldn't wait to get to work. Really loved doing my job there at IEPY, helping other students. I had a lot of other college students say, you should be a teacher. I said, no, I'm going to be an engineer because I want to make some money, and I want to be able to support a family and, and do a lot of things. So I really pushed it off until I couldn't wait to get to work in the morning. And I decided right then that I was going to change majors, uh, switch from electrical engineering to physics. It was actually my second semester senior year. I went to Ivy Tech or ITT Tech to begin with, got an associate's degree from ITT Tech, worked in the field installing satellite dishes, wanted to do more of the engineering side of it, and got into IEPY when I was 21. After that first uh, associate's degree, just kind of stayed in the workforce for a while. Like I said, I, I couldn't wait to get to work. Wanted to feel that way the rest of my life and really irritated a lot of people <laughs> because I was so close to graduating. Right. But it, it was something that I, I just felt this was the right thing for me to do. And I, I have zero regrets about doing it. How did you get from there to Ron Colley? Because Ron Colley is the only place you've ever taught. Ron Colley is the only place I've ever taught. I was at IUPUI as an adjunct professor, working evenings for one class. And that was right around after I graduated. Didn't really enjoy it as much as I'd hoped. And Chuck Weisenbach called John Ross, who was the physics teacher here, two before me. Okay. And he called John Ross and said, hey, the gentleman we've got getting ready to leave is going to leave in October. He's not going to work the rest of the year. We need somebody and we need him now. Do you have any recommendations? And Dr. Ross called me up into his office. He said, Mr. Weisenbach from Roncalli High School just called. You have an interview today at 2.30. And I was not dressed nearly as nicely as I dress normally. I think I was t-shirt and jeans. So you uh, attended Ben Davis. Did you have any clue what Roncalli was? I had no idea. Didn't know it existed. Um, I wasn't into sports much when I was in high school, so I didn't know that aspect of it really very much. 
So when John Ross said that, you know, you've got a job interview down at Ron Colley at 2.30 today, first I said I can't go like this, and he said, Chuck understands. They really need somebody, and I really think you're the right guy for the job. So I looked it up on Google. <laughs> to find out where it was. Figured out where it was. Uh, had some lunch, came down, and an interview with Chuck. We, we walked down, we saw the classroom, and I remember looking in the classroom and seeing a demonstration where the teacher grabbed a stool and drug the stool across the floor to demonstrate how friction worked. Right. And I, I just looked at Mr. Weisenbach and I said, I promise you they will not be sitting in their seats if you give me this job. Right. They will be up doing things, and I will not drag a stool. <laughs> so uh, on the drive home, actually got the phone call that he wanted to go ahead and offer me the job. So I wasn't even looking for a job at the time. Right. God clearly dropped me where he wanted me to be. And I know that because I wasn't looking for it. Obviously you are not a Ron Colley alum. You are not familiar. You weren't familiar with Ron Colley as a school. How long did it take you teaching here to maybe sense that this isn't Ben Davis. It's not Warren central. It's something else. Did that come to you immediately, or was it something that happened gradually, or how did that process go? When, when I went on the tour with Chuck yeah. the first time, uh, seeing the kids in the hallway, seeing the uniforms, I, you know, I was former prior service in the Army, and so the uniform probably appealed to me in that way, but it was definitely a different atmosphere than Ben Davis. It was nice that it was a small school compared to Ben Davis. I think when I graduated... I graduated with a class of 580, and now it's closer to, to 3,000 in the building. So to be on a campus that really felt like you could know who people were, uh, that was what I didn't like about college either. Teaching college, I had 130 students. I didn't know any of their names, mm -hmm. and I didn't even realize how much I would love having that interaction with the students, having that interaction with the parents and, and being able to really feel like caring about the students was something that, that they appreciated here. Whereas for college, it was just, Hey, I want my grade and I went out. You mentioned John Ross before. Um, now that you've been here for 13 years, is there somebody who is your mentor that you reach out to on a consistent basis to, Another Ross, actually. Okay. Uh, Hugh Ross at Garen Catholic. I went to a workshop with him in 2009, and he was showing how to do a different approach to teaching physics where the students start out, and they just start out taking data and making graphs and having to explain what they're doing instead of, I'm going to give you three equations, and I'm going to give you five examples, and we're all going to smile and pretend that we know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And instead, it really put the onus on the students of you have to be able to explain what you did and how you did it. You have to be able to tell me what the data means. Uh, so I already knew him from teaching at IUPY. Did a class together, and he invited me to go to this workshop. And since then, I've worked a couple of workshops with him. I've done a couple of workshops on my own. But really, he has shown me... This is the right way to teach physics. I, I literally came back. I'd been here for three or four years. And I literally came back and deleted everything I'd done on the computer and threw everything I had in the trash because what I was doing was terrible. Yeah. Compared to what I learned how to do. Right. 
So from him or from this from uh, Hugh Russ. Okay. Yeah, from from the workshop that Hugh taught, and I just walk out of there awestruck about how do I go back to my room and do this? This is amazing. I can't think of anything that that I haven't loved getting out of his classroom. So conversely, do you mentor others? I do. I have led a couple of workshops that were the same approach that Hugh Ross taught me. Uh, I've worked with the grade schools for the archdiocese on in the South Deanery and actually had one workshop where here's a different way of doing density for solid objects. We're working on getting more and more data collection approach, and, and I really think that latched on. I've had two of the teachers already want to do the same thing. They said it worked out really well. I try not to push the way that I do things on people so much, but I've presented at several of the workshops. I've, I've gone to conferences, uh, actually presented when I went out to Kansas City to do, read a whole bunch of AP tests. So is it better to receive um, a mentorship or to present it, I guess? It, it's a lot less work to receive. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But What's I, more rewarding? Sharing what I'm doing with others, I think, is yeah. more rewarding. And even when they come back and they say, hey, you know what? I can't do that in my classroom. Okay, what what three things can you take and go back and try? And and really, that that's what I look for when I go to a workshop. What are the three things I'm going to take back to my classroom? But to, to have somebody say, I love the way that you're doing things. How do I do it? And to be able to work that into their teaching philosophy is really a lot of fun. Okay, so that's from the teaching perspective. Give me an example of something that you have presented to a student and they get it. And so what does that feel like to you? It takes about three to four days, and I tell them that over and over. But when they when the light bulb finally goes off of, I can finally do this and I don't need you anymore, that surprisingly is an incredibly rewarding feeling of, I don't need you now. I, I just get a sense of satisfaction of, again, I can't wait to get up tomorrow and do it again. I know that next year I'm going to have a whole new crop of students who doesn't know what, who don't know what's going on. And so I get to do it all over again. So to me, I know what the outcome is, but to see the different student reactions of, Oh, that's why we learned that equation in math class. Well, yeah, that's where it applies in physics. So do you have a specific example of where that's that's happened? Probably one of my favorites is every student I've ever talked to hates when does train A meet train B and where. And we start off with our first unit with, you're going to be able to explain exactly where train A meets train B and know exactly when they meet. And not only are you going to know it, you're going to go out on the football field and you're going to do it. Every year I tell them you're going to be between one yard and one second or you fail. <laughs> okay. And they don't know any better. Right. They just assume that I'm telling the truth, that they're going to get an F, but it never happens. They're always within one yard and one second of where their math says they're going to be. And it's two students walking and running towards each other. It's not even like they're adjusting their pace to try to cheat. They know how fast they have to walk. They know how fast they have to run. And it works every year, and you just see students celebrating that they know physics. I can't think of a better way to end a day. That's a little bit different than any other class. 
It is. There's nothing to compare it, it to, really, I wouldn't think. How about motivating a student that doesn't want to be motivated? They're fairly easy to pick out after a couple of weeks that they're really struggling. One of the benefits of my class is they work in their groups a lot in class. I don't send home traditional physics homework. They do all of their work in class, and they watch the videos outside of class. So I can kind of work my way into a conversation with their group and just kind of nudge them along. I've I've got a couple of students every year who they really just know that they're struggling. But if their group is working a little bit ahead and I can kind of nudge them and say, you can do this, we just have to work through it, the two of us right now, and, and you'll get caught back up. But it's it's different for every single student, and sometimes it's not even academic. Sometimes it's, you know, I didn't have breakfast this morning, or there's this thing going on at home that it's affecting what I've got going on here. And those, those are harder. I've, I've had students that, well, what's going on? Well, I just got a letter from so-and-so, and they're thinking about dropping out of college. You know, brother, sister, boyfriend, girlfriend. So those are the things that I didn't get a class on that. Right. There right. there wasn't depression 101 for students. Right. And how to handle every situation. So has that changed a lot in 13 years? It has. No. Yeah, uh, the my comfort level with being able to approach it has. Uh, I will say I've often been surprised that I have had students usually once a year where they choose me to be the person they come to with a problem that why in the world did you pick me? I <laughs> I present myself as one of the least approachable teachers to a lot of students, apparently, and yet you're here with your biggest challenge that you've got going on in your life, and you want me to help you with it. It's it's humbling, but it's one of those, why me? And then I go back to, because God put me here so that I could ma- help this student, and you know, I, I tell them at the end of every week, physics is the least important thing we're going to do in the class today. Uh, we do prayer reflections. And I put something up on the board that is in some way faith-based. So this week they're doing Alexio Divina, where focus on your reading. And I read it. And it's it's just rewarding to get to do that. And it gives me a chance to draw out, well, what can I do now to help this student out? And it gives me a little bit of insight. So I, I tell them, though, that's the most important part of the education you're going to get from me is how are we going to grow your faith in a physics class? Yeah. Well, we're not going to do physics because it doesn't really make a difference. Last year, maybe two years ago, you were fortunate enough to get a new classroom. Oh, yeah. Um, talk a little bit about how that has changed your approach if it has or how has it enhanced uh, what you do on a day-to-day basis joe hollow approached me about three years ago and said we're going to turn this into a classroom and the first thing we're going to do is level it out and tell us what room that is because some of our listeners will have known that classroom as something entirely different than what so it it was mr costello's english class and before that it was the choir room uh, it, driver's ed was in there. Exactly. So it's, it's a stair step kind of format to the room. Yes. Is that the double O two? So the deuce. The deuce. Okay. Yeah. And so they were going to level out the deuce and put in lab tables at the back and desks in the front, kind of like how every other science classroom is in the building. I said, no, you're not. We're going to put tables 
on every level, and it's actually sort of a lecture hall presentation now. There are three students at every table, so they're already in their groups. They stay in those groups all year, so it's it's almost a hyperbonding situation, but they get really comfortable with each other. All their lab equipment is right there, so that in 001 where I used to be, they used to have to go to the back to do labs and work on their packets where I'd want them standing up, and then they do lecture in the front in their desks. Now they're just in the same place the whole time. Uh, I had them put two screens up there so I could have notes on one side and data on the other or a video on the other side. So now instead of going back and forth between data and notes, I can say, now look over here, this is what we're talking about physically, and look over here, this is what you need to have in your notes. So you had a lot of input when we decided to change that room out. Yes. Uh, My favorite was designing the tables. Because I got a good laugh out of the architect about what my design looked like. It, I think my 10-year-old, maybe my 7-year-old probably too, could have drawn a better picture of a desk. Um, but it, it was all based on this modeling approach that I learned from Hugh Ross. Get them the equipment. Make them do the experiments at their tables. Uh, they can write on their tables. We can give them markers. They can just do all their work right there physically on the table, which is nice. Being able to be part of that design process and say... I want this many desks, I want them to look like this, I want all the equipment to be right here. It runs so much more smoothly than it did in the classroom that I was in. It wasn't a bad classroom, but the deuce is amazing. I have college teachers that have come here for conferences to Roncalli, and they're jealous of what I have. Going along that same thought, you have kids that leave here, uh, graduate from Roncalli, and they go off to college um, I've heard many, many stories about students so thankful that they took your class because it prepares them better for college. Talk a little bit about your approach, and is it different than what a child or a student would get at another school, or um, what, what's the motivation there to make sure that they're prepared for college? I think one of the advantages I have over maybe some other physics teachers in the state is I actually taught the college physics at IEPY at every level. So I've taught the algebra-based first and second semester and the calculus-based first and second semester. So I know what they're going to get going in. So I've tailored the class to say, when you get to college, this is what you're going to see from the physics professor at college, and this is what it really means. So they've kind of got both ends of it. I tell them, keep all their notes because they're going to be that far ahead of knowing what's going on if they hold on to the notes, hold on to your labs, hold on to your assessments. What's been really nice is when those students come back and say they're the only ones who understand how to do the lab because we use the same equipment that they're using at the college level. Uh, It's one of the most amazing blessings I have at Roncalli is I've talked to other physics teachers at the high school level. and How do you get that stuff? I order it. (laughs) <laughs> you know, Ron Colley recognizes the importance of a good science education. I want to make sure that when they get to college, they're leading the students in their lab groups because that's what makes the difference is is their performance there. I uh, did some research in the last couple of days, and I have a quote here from one of your uh, former students. Um, he says, little did I know that when I walked into room 007, which was your former room. Oh, my gosh. Uh, for my first day of physics, that Mr. Grimes would end up being one of the most influential figures to shape my adult, my early adult life. During lessons, he showed us the wonders of the universe and dared us to dream. Uh, 
to be our best, that anything could be possible in the universe. I simply cannot thank him enough, and because of him, I will always continue to dare the dream. That's from Mr. Ian Houston, class of 2010. How does that make you feel? I have told Ian, I don't know how many times, that he is the example of a student that I would love to have. He was a, currently we call it college prep, level two student at the time. And he is a living success story, by far. Uh, I'm incredibly humbled to have made a difference in his life that I did. Uh, I know that it was just one demonstration that I did in the classroom that really set him off on a career. He's come back and he's talked to the students himself about how that made a difference in his life. And to, just to know that God put me in his path for just that reason. When I Honestly, I didn't even want to teach high school. When I graduated college, I wanted to teach college, and that was my dream. And I'm glad that it wasn't God's. To have made that difference, it's incredibly humbling, but, but I love it. I love that, that that's what I want for the students. I, honestly, I, I couldn't care less if they walk out of here knowing everything about physics. I want them to feel like they can do it. Obviously, we, we think Roncalli is a pretty special place. Do you have a special Roncalli connection or memory that has meant a lot to you? One of the things that I know that students at Ben Davis didn't do was to ever go back and see the teachers, thank the teachers. I don't know that there's one specific memory that I have, but there have been so many times that the students have come back and whatever was going on on that day, I needed something. And to have those students care enough to come back and visit and to say thank you or here's what's going on and, and you made a difference, I, th- I think that has meant the most to me teaching here. Appalachia and retreat are two regular things that I have tried to do since starting here at Roncalli, and I have so many great memories of those, uh, especially with Appalachia. Uh, there's Talk a, lot a little of stuff. bit about that. The, the students – Usually seniors and juniors, they go down to West Virginia, and we have certain houses that we're assigned to try to help out families that are struggling for whatever reason. Uh, I have absolutely zero building abilities. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, doesn't, we rely matter, on the students. Does it it right. doesn't. It really doesn't. The students go down there. Uh, a couple of years ago, we ripped out a uh, ramp for a woman who was wheelchair-bound, and I could have knocked the ramp down myself, shaking back and forth on it. It was, it was that poorly done that it was dangerous. And when we left, all of us get on this ramp and we're all rocking back and forth and the thing's not budging. And it's, it was student driven work that made a tangible difference to people who didn't even know that we existed. And down there, nobody had a job that wasn't important. One of the students job the whole time. And we kind of rotated it out, but it was to just sit down and talk to the woman that was in the home, hear her story. Learn about her kids. Learn about her husband who had passed away. Learn about where she was in her faith and show her this is what God's love is supposed to look like. And you may not have a professional grade install done here, 
Tim Chrisman usually does a great job at it. Yeah. But it's kids making a difference. And again, I don't know that Ben Davis ever did anything like that. Uh, I, I would like to think that if I had gone here, that I would have volunteered for something like that. I certainly was a different kid back then than I am right now. But to get to do it now, and it's something I tell my students every spring, if you're not doing anything over spring break, you've got to do this Appalachia trip. It's it's phenomenal. Well, I'll have to talk to uh, Mr. Streeby and let him use this as a sales point for those kids that are on the fence. We're going to take a quick break. We're okay. going to uh, – Listen to our sponsors, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to run into the Rebel 5 questions and uh, have some fun with that. Okay, great. Rebel 5 is sponsored by Steve's Flowers and Gifts. For the best and freshest flowers in Indianapolis and surrounding areas, Steve's Flowers and Gifts have exactly what you're looking for. For your next special occasion, call Steve's Flowers at 800-742-9359. Welcome back to the Rebel 5. Appreciate you being here, Ben Grimes. It's time for our exciting Rebel 5 questions. Number one, in another life, what would you want to be or do? One of the hobbies that I still have that I've enjoyed, I like being a creative writer. I've done a lot of just short stories on my own about really nonsense. I like Star Wars. I like Star Trek. I like Transformers, things like that. Uh, And I've just written short stories about them. Uh, I think Can we be, find these stories anywhere? I haven't published them online, but there there's a short story or open blog that I guess you can post stuff on. And if I get them edited, I'll put them out there. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do. I, I love writing, and I think that I would enjoy being a creative writer. It was just something that I never pursued. Okay. Uh, the other thing would be is if I could just straight up be a scientist and work for a lab. I've had one real experience where I came into work and just did science for a day, but it's a whole lot of fun to teach it and watch other people do it. Any particular uh, focus, scientist-wise, scientific-wise? I I don't think so. To be able to get to do experiments and and follow that process that I'm trying to teach my own students, uh, I really do enjoy doing that. All right, number two, what is the funniest thing that has happened to you recently? So we had one time in class that we were talking about sound, which is a mechanical wave. It's a difference in air pressure. And what I do to demonstrate sound is I set up what's called a Rubens tube. It's a metal tube with holes drilled in the top of it. You fill it with gas. You light the fire that's coming out of each individual hole, and you put a speaker against one end. And when you play music through the speaker, the flames get higher. At different places. And you can set it up so that it plays just a single tone. And that's how I kind of introduce it. Uh, then we do Superman, Indiana Jones, and Darth Vader's March music, which are really, <laughs> really good to to show the flames. And then I do my own rendition of Ice Ice Baby, which the students get an opportunity to see me do nearly the entire song. I don't have the moves for it, <laughs> but I can pull it off. And during one rendition of Ice Ice Baby, I had the volume turned up a little too loud. And it turns out that the louder you make the volume, the higher the flames go. 
and we actually caught the speaker on fire. So <laughs> fortunately, Tim Chrisman was in there to laugh at me as I did my performance, and he grabbed my laptop bag and used my laptop bag to put out the fire. I wish I'd had a fire extinguisher closer at the time. The next day, we had one. It was pretty entertaining to to watch him smother the fire that I started to ice ice baby with my own laptop bag. We I called him the fire marshal after that, and he brags that he saved my life from a fire. All right, we'll go uh, moving on. Uh, favorite time or place when you've run into a Ron Colley person outside of school? Favorite time or place? I remember a bad time and place. I was actually down in um, – my wife and I were on our 10-year anniversary – and we're walking down the street in Brown County, and a student leans out the window and yells, Hi, Mr. Grimes, and I'm 60 miles from home on my anniversary trip. Uh, so that was that was entertaining to just run into somebody down there. Uh, I, I live in Plainfield, so I don't run into them too often. Um, Chick-fil-A down here on Southport, I run into them every sure once in do. a while. Yeah. What do you wish you could tell your younger self? Don't. Be an engineer. Get your degree in physics because you're going to love it. And whatever the mistakes that you've made, it still works out to be okay. And the last question, life advice. So I'm going to talk about my dad here. Okay. Um, my dad was always somebody that I could go to, and he passed away recently, January 15th of this year. So my, my advice to... Students, anybody really, is make sure that you spend the time appreciating the people that God has put into your life while they're there. Uh, my dad always gave me a lot of good advice, and one of the things that I remember him saying the most is that he always, I did a lot of things that he had to fix, broke a lot of things in the house, but he would just say, you know, I never wanted to. Or I never knew how to do that, but I've always wanted to learn. And I think that's applicable anywhere, especially in my classroom. I, n- I never knew how to do that, but I've always wanted to learn. Even if he didn't really. Uh, he would he would tell me that. I got to say the same thing to my own kids the other day. They poured wax down the sink and it hardened in the trap. And I, I just had to say, you know... I never wanted to take the trap off a sink and remove a huge thing of wax out of there, but now I'm going to learn. And so how'd that go? We got cleaned out. Yes. We got cleaned out. Uh, I still made quite the mess on the floor in the kitchen or in the bathroom. Like I said, I'm not not the handiest guy. They still invite me to Appalachia. I'm not the handiest guy, but... There's always YouTube. You can find just about anything. And I I looked up how to take the trap off because (laughs) I wasn't sure when I was trying to turn that that nut on there if it was going to come off or not and if i was going to break it then so be it but yeah i would just i'd tell my students appreciate the people that you've got in your life while you've got them because you don't know about tomorrow Uh, even when i walk out or my students walk out every day i tell them good work god gives you tomorrow i'll see you then no promises and every weekend i tell them have a good weekend. Stay away from sex, drugs, alcohol, and trouble. God gives you Monday. I'll see you then. No promises. I stole that from Kathleen Helbing, by the way. Okay. And that's what she used to say at the end of every weekend, and I loved it, so I took it from her. Some of our listeners will remember Kathleen. That's what I would hope our students would do. Well, Ben, I appreciate you 
visiting with us today. It's been a pleasure uh, sharing some of your Roncalli memories and life experiences um, and maybe some of the things that the future holds for you. Thank you for being here today, and uh, I'll give you uh, one last opportunity for any final comments. I'm so blessed to be here. I know that I am. Uh, part of the reason I know I'm blessed to be here is I wasn't planning on being here to begin with. I'll tell everybody that's listening that knows me the same thing I tell parents on back to school night. Thank you for what you've done to support your kids being able to come to Ron Colley so that I have the opportunity to teach them because I love my job here. Every morning I wake up, I can't wait to get to work. And I tell the parents this every year, I can die or retire in this classroom and I don't care which as long as I get to keep doing what you let me do. So thank you, thank you, thank you for what you do to send your kids here because uh, it gives me a chance to make a difference in their life. Thanks, Ben. We appreciate it very much. Thank you. I'm Gary Armbruster, and thanks for joining us today for this episode of the Rebel 5 Podcast. To find out more information about the podcast, please visit 50.roncolli.org forward slash podcast.php. Again, thanks so much for joining us today, and until next time, we'll fight ahead. Thank you.